Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zombie Girls Podcast. The first episode of 2021. Fuck you, 2020. It's over. Na, 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 na. Thank God. I, I know. I'm your host, Rachel, and joining me uh, from the beautiful Pacific Northwest is Ariel. Hey. Also, my Bay Area buddy, Matilda. Hi. And representing the F R E S N O. That was harder than it should have been. Is Sarah? Hi. <laughs> How are you guys doing? How's 2021 treating you so far? I mean, we're only a couple days in, but it's been okay. <laughs> it's been all right. That's been the enthusiasm right. I'm here for. <laughs> we started off the new year with no hot water, but that got fixed yesterday, thankfully. Yay! Oh, well, I mean, I feel like in 2021 that would have, or 2020 that would have lasted like three weeks. Yeah. So, so there's some improvement there. Right? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm filled with the optimism, uh, spirit of optimism so far. I mean, I probably just jinxed it, knocked on some wood, <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm entering 2021 with a hope for the future. <laughs> uh, so, all right. We've talked at length over the last, you know, 10 podcasts about what a piece of shit 2020 was that it was the worst year ever so i thought we would start off this episode in keeping with my new attitude with what was something that was what was like the best thing or something positive that happened in 2021 for each of or 2020 for each of you see i'm not even trying to say 2020 anymore i'm ready to put that shit <laughs> in the <laughs> we'll start with you matilda what was the best thing about 2020 for you mm. well you know rachel you and i have talked about how i am i believe you put it as that i was um under practiced in the leisure arts. <laughs> that sounds correct. Yes. AKA yes. Uh, a girl cannot relax. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a this... girl cannot chill. <laughs> no. A girl has no chill. <laughs> girl has no chill. <laughs> and, you know, um, I did fix up a cottage on our property, but also, yep. um, and like put, learn how to put new flooring in and things like that. But also, yep. um, it did force me to relax. And so really? I feel like I'm learning how to do that. I got a hammock. Yes, you did. Nice. I got a hammock. And in the winter, I got some solar lights that I put over the top of it. So I can sit in the hammock with my solar lights over the top, oh, you know, with little nice. lights over it. And I am learning to relax. So that's been a good thing in 2020. Good for you. It's cool. How, how about you, Sarah? What's something good that happened for you in 2020? Well, we moved to a different apartment, which is is good since there's no longer stairs that are trying to kill us oh that's good it's nice yeah. not to be murdered by your own house <laughs> right right um honestly getting my shoulder surgery done and uh just taking some time off because i think more than physically i needed it mentally yeah mm -hmm. sure yeah. i was just drained so you the two good things that happened to you was you had to move and you had to have me cut open on a table. Yeah, 2020 sucks. So grim. And <laughs> Surviving right. is a big deal. Okay, Ariel, how about you? What is something positive that happened to you in 2020? So that's a little tricky, but <laughs> before the pandemic, at the beginning of the year, both my younger brother and I were able to um, visit home at the same time. Like we timed our trips. So nice. I got to spend a solid week hanging out with him, which is really great because he lives in Montana and I hardly ever get to see him. Uh -huh. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's a positive thing. I like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, this is a rough year. I think every, that's not exactly the hottest of hot takes, but <laughs> but I do think there were some positive things it, because it, like you, it kind of forced everybody to slow. Well, it should have forced everybody to slow down. I did the opposite of Matilda. I learned actual adult skills, <laughs> <laughs> which was a wild journey for me. I learned how to cook. I learned how to cut hair. I learned all kinds of shit, right? Things that you just... <laughs> Totally in, the, in, you know, the normal life, you sort of had to figure out how to do that shit yourself. Um, so that was, I think, uh, maybe not positive, but it was definitely a growth. As for positive things, I think the best thing about this year is I, I made some new friends. You know, everybody was at home and kind of forced to, like, expand their social bubble in different ways. So I've met a lot of people that I never would have met because, you know, they live in other parts of the country and have become, like, really good friends of mine. And that's been really great. Like, the Here's Johnny guys and Shannon from who I play video games with. It's So that has been really, really cool. And I feel like I've gotten to get closer to you guys because we're, like, at home, nothing to do. Might as well just talk. That's true. <laughs> you know? so that's because we're all trauma bonded. Yes, now. It, we've been through some <laughs> shit, right? And and I feel like if you're not stronger at the end of 2020, what are you doing? So that's been really good, and it's forced me to excise a lot of bullshit from my life. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I mean, what's the point of buying tons and tons of clothes if you never wear them? I mean, that's just one example, but like a lot of things that I was just doing just to do i can't do those things anymore and found out i don't really miss those things so i feel like i did some unplanned psychological purging yeah so that's been really Mm -hmm. good so i don't know i wouldn't do 2020 again but i don't think it was there's a temptation to feel like you lost a year or wasted a year and i don't think that's true i think i did make some positive changes in my life but i'm ready to go outside again (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i do love what you're saying that i think it made everybody had to figure out like an accessible way of hanging out with each other in a way that kind of broadened that right like we got to play an rpg with jody right Mm -hmm. oh yeah internationally that that i guess we could have i guess we could have done before but i don't know that all of us would have you know i myself would not have been as like comfortable with the technology as I was, as I had to right. get this year. So that was super fun. Mm-hmm. I got, I think I got to see more live music than I have in a while. And uh, I got to say, there's a large number of artists that just with a microphone and an acoustic guitar in their living room, put on a phenomenal fucking oh, show. Awesome. That's great. We did a new year's thing. Did I tell you this? We, we got tickets because, um, to the Kiss pay-per-view oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because so it was in Dubai. So it was in a hotel, behind mm-hmm. a hotel in Dubai, and the only audience was people on their balconies. Oh, interesting. Of the oh. hotel. But there's no audience otherwise. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Also, we're just like learning that there are ways to adapt a lot of the things we want to do. And that a lot of the yes. shit they make you go into the office for, you don't really need to go into the office for. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, viva la work it, from home revolution. <laughs> so it literally could have been an email the entire yes! time. <laughs> yeah. We have proved the meme. <laughs> Though I miss my office. I yeah. Being in there. I yeah. know. I know. But yeah. So, I don't know. Some, some positive things came out of 2020, including a lot of really great horror i feel like came out of this year i yeah i want to kind of 
I we're gonna talk about obviously today we're doing our top ten, like our fa- our collective favorite ten horror movies from this year. But I also before we get into that, I just kinda wanna take like a meta stance on that and just kind of talk about the year and horror in general. So first of all, <laughs> quarantine obviously meant no more movie theaters. So nope. I wanted to know kind of what you guys thought was the effect of that. How did 2020 change horror? I mean, the obvious one, like you said, is that we couldn't go to movie theaters and a lot of those big blockbuster releases just didn't come out. So for me, I know it gave me a lot more time to focus on smaller budget indie art house mm-hmm. horror. And there was so much of that this year that was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think it like there were certain things I saw that we'll talk about that like I kind of wished I could have seen with a full movie theater full of people. Oh yeah. Sure. That I yeah, think it absolutely. definitely would have changed it, but I also think that my appetite for horror kind of varied very widely mm-hmm. this year because I was already kind of so amped up. Mm-hmm. Cuz my job was, I mean, spoiler alert, uh 2020 was not great for people's mental health. <laughs> um, you don't yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> but it it really changed what I was interested in watching in some ways. Like I was, I had much more of an appetite for fantasy and supernatural horror mm. than I usually do. Usually I like the kind of day to day horror or body horror or social horror and right. less so this year. That's a good point. I know I personally yeah. was like very drawn to normally I want like super arty up its own butt horror. Mm-hmm. I want that like grim bleak, you know, incisive social commentary horror. this year i was like i want it dumb and bloody (laughs) (laughs) so when i was making my list as we'll get into all the stuff that i was like this belongs on the list but it doesn't feel like my 2020 list it just if i put these beautiful really well-made horror movies in it doesn't it doesn't actually act like accurately reflect where i was at as a horror fan this year so right. I definitely skewed more like goofy fun as opposed to normally mm-hmm. years I'm like, you know, like give me all the rape revenge. No, not not so much this year. <laughs> yeah, those things were just like more emotionally expensive this year than That's they, a than they are in other perfect years. Perfect way of describing it. I I always felt like I I was saying like they just feel like too much work, but emotionally expensive is a much more accurate way of describing how a lot of that was. His house would have been my number one movie in normal years. Yeah, yeah, it was just so good, but so grueling that I, uh, yeah, it didn't it didn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. Even though I knew it was one of the best made horror movies of the year, and I think in normal years I couldn't I couldn't make that bargain. You know what I mean? I I couldn't I I'd have to make I'd have to include it, but I couldn't do it this year. Mm-hmm. So I. Right, Sea Fever was a little close. <laughs> Woof, dude, I know. And that's the thing, is like every eco-horror movie just became a pandemic movie this year. Yes. It really did. Yeah. <laughs> man, oh man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, so did you notice any trends in horror this year? I think we continue to see more diverse stories mm-hmm. and horror being made with wider audiences in mind. Yeah. Right, yeah, or more true. specific audiences in mind, and that's fine because there are so many platforms for horror. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I feel like Hulu is doing some pretty interesting things with horror that, like, might not be for everybody, but they don't care, Mm -hmm. which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like we're getting things other than just the kind of same stories being told. Right. Yeah. That's really true. And we also had a ton of movie this year directed by women. uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. Just so many movies came out that were really amazing. And I think on the More Deadly podcast, we did 10 or 11 movies that came out mm-hmm. this year. And we didn't even movies. get them all. 
Yeah, you didn't, didn't even get them all. No, yeah, I I think you're right. I don't know, and I, I this is something you and I have talked a little bit about. Like, have the weird under the radar horror movies always been this good, or is it just and we just haven't been watching them because our time has been taken up with the stuff that hit theaters, or was this an special an especially good year for indie horror? Yeah, I wonder if it's not a little bit of both. Yeah, you know, because I know that there are movies that I've missed in past years. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. But it also feels like there were just so many really mm-hmm. good Yeah, ones. I felt like I definitely went a lot deeper into the indie-verse this year, for sure. Like, normal yes. years, I would not have got around to Butt Boy, which I'm so glad I did, because that movie is a <laughs> wild, wild, wacky butt adventure. It sure is. It's <laughs> such a weird movie. <laughs> highly recommended. Didn't make my list, but highly recommended. How about you, Sarah? I haven't heard from you. Yeah, I'm not sure about any trends. I guess I, unfortunately, wasn't really in the headspace to yeah. focus on a whole That's lot. Um, mm-hmm. um, Has the effect of quarantine on horror been for you? Like, no thank you? Not necessarily no thank you. Just more like, I want comfort mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though I should be taking a chance on Amulet. Mm. I, I'm watching Dream Warriors yeah. again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Comfort. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that, makes, that sense. makes perfect sense. Yeah, and I don't know about anyone else, but my attention span is not the best. It's, what's an attention sure. span? Mine I don't even know what it is anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which also impacts how much I like what I want to bring to some of those quieter movies yeah. and what I'm in the space for. Mm-hmm. Right? Instead, I'm just going to watch <laughs> binge watch Cobra Kai. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely feel like my cartoon intake is through the fucking roof this year. Yeah, I went real hard on reality TV this yeah, year. That's a good place to go too, because it real it real it real yes, dumb. So it requires very little. Yeah. Of you. <laughs> so the other <laughs> trend I noticed, and I don't know if it was just because I said like I'm deep deep in the indies this year. Ah, the cock and ball torture. <laughs> <laughs> saw things with mine eyes especially did anybody watch i didn't put it on my list because it's not great but it <laughs> the cock and ball torture is next level and a little movie called porno no if you get to ever want to see a dude spirit leave their body do you mean the dude on the couch next yeah. to you yeah 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 okay. if you want to see a, an irl dude <laughs> Yeah, porno, cock and ball torture. Check that out. Also, a movie that's going to be on our, I think, didn't make our list, but will definitely be coming up in honorable mentions. Has some excellent uh, cock and ball torture. Oh, I'm trying to mortuary collection. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So those are the trends that I saw this year. (laughs) All right, cool. So, shall we get started on our top ten? Yeah, let's sure. All right, cool. Before we do that, I have a quick message from our friends over at Here's Johnny. So when we get back from that, we will go, we'll start with number 10. Tales of giant monsters are as old as tales themselves. But what makes those stories fit into the kaiju genre and just how scary can they be? Larry and Justin are pursuing this very knowledge on the Here's Johnny podcast, a horror show that arrives every week, just like your favorite radio drama but instantly through forbidden sciences known as Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. There are a ton of kaiju out there to learn about. Just listen to your local emergency officials and stay out of their paths. Wait, say that again? Uh, sorry, folks, I'm getting 
a message from our staff. Uh, folks, we're getting reports that a massive creature has just risen off the coast of this station and is heading this way. Please follow evacuation protocol and... Listen to the Here's Johnny podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Before we get too far into our reviews of these top tens, because I uh, I have a lot to say, I think we need a little bit of a spoiler warning. Sarah, what is going to be our spoiler policy for this episode? You longtime listeners, you know our spoiler policy. For those of you who are new, our spoiler policy is we generally spoil the shit out of everything. So if <laughs> yeah, you haven't seen any of these movies, I suggest going and doing so. Or if you're like me and spoilers don't bother you, hang on. It's going to be a sweet ride. Before I guess before we do that, I should explain the methodology, the way that we did this. We took all of our lists. We numbered them from one to ten of our top favorites. And from there, I collated them all together. And anything with a number who was, was in your number one spot got ten points. Number two got nine points, et cetera, et cetera. And then if it had appeared on more than one list, it got a point for each extra list that it appeared. So mm. say number 10 spot was a porno, you would, it would get one point. But if someone else had it on their list, it would get their points plus another point. Does that make sense? Yes. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. So, and then basically the highest points are, are number one and descending. So now that we've got the math out of the way... <laughs> Let's talk about these here movies. Can I also just say that one of the things we decided to do, and we've done this in past years as well, but I think it was even more relevant this mm. year. Oh, yeah. Good call. Is that we are only dealing with movies that were released in the United States this uh, in 2020, mm-hmm. either on streaming or VOD. And we're not doing anything that was released in the theater because none of us were able to go see them. If something was released, for instance, A Promising Young Woman was something that hit hit theaters on december 25th but none of us are going to the movie theaters Mm-mm. so it will be included on our watch list for next year yep yep good call ariel thanks for bringing that up mm-hmm. all right well since you're already talking why don't you tell us what our number 10 movie was this year so our number 10 movie was underwater Woo-hoo. i'm so <laughs> glad this made the cut me too <laughs> yeah i i was surprised how much i enjoyed this yeah, right? Yeah, so was I. It was not on my radar really at all until Rachel said, you have to watch this if only for the ending. Yeah. So yeah. this one is starring Kristen Stewart, and it's about a group of scientists and engineers and stuff who are on an underwater drilling station that has sort of a massive catastrophe happen, and they have to go from one part of the station to another in order to hopefully get to the surface. And while that's happening, there may be some monstery things that are trying to get them while they're underwater. So... <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> yeah, I know. I like that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so this one was a total surprise to me. And Rachel has told me specifically, do not watch any of the trailers. Don't do so, it. Yeah. So I went in knowing absolutely nothing. And this movie is just so much fun. First of all, I never really liked Kristen Stewart that much before. She just didn't really do anything for me. I love her in this movie. Mm-hmm. And the way she looks in this movie with her hair and everything. Yes, hotness, <laughs> hotness, hotness. Yes, yes, so hot. Yeah. And she's really 
great, I thought. And the movie is very fun. I mean, it draws a lot from other sort of sci-fi monster movies oh, like for Alien. Sure. For sure. So for a good part of the movie, it's a little bit predictable. But I didn't even care because I was so entertained by what was happening. Mm-hmm. And then the end is a complete surprise. <laughs> and the monster is so cool and so mm-hmm. great looking that... It had to make my list because I just had a ball watching it. Yeah. Yeah. This this movie, when we were talking about things that require very little of you and are, are not emotionally expensive, but just fun. This is the the top of that list for oh, me yeah. this year. This was pure fun and probably my biggest surprise of the year. Because like you, I went in super, super cold. I mean, it, like I saw it was clearly an alien knockoff. And I was like, yes, I would like to watch an alien knockoff. Will it be alien? <laughs> right. No, but that is where I'm at emotionally right now. So this was like my truly jaw on the floor, followed by shit eating grin moment of the year. For sure. <laughs> You know, it takes those Lovecraftian whores that they play with in uh, Alien to its next logical step in a way that is so fun. And I honestly think that opening hallway scene is really, like, underrated. Super intense, super tense. Um, Yeah. And and for me, this was, like, the... I, I like Kristen Stewart, but this was a movie that just sort of reaffirmed my love of her. This was a great way to start off the year. And it's just it's just a great time with some good old fashioned sci fi horror. Now yeah. I don't have you on the list here, Sarah, but it sounds like you watched this. Do you have Yeah, some I did watch this. It didn't make my top ten, but right. um it was like it would have been a, like my my twelve. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And just the, the claustrophobia too. I mean, yeah. one, they're underwater, they're in the Marianas Trench. Yeah. So, and then, too, like, those suits. Those suits just limit your movement. Like, when she's, when Kristen Stewart, when they're first suiting up and she's getting into the suit mm-hmm. and she's having to, like, get up onto a onto a ladder and waste herself into the suit, it just, my anxiety just, like, ratcheted up. And yeah. then, oh. Oh, yeah, and they have so little air and, like, the screens on the front of their, or their visors start cracking. Oh, yeah. I, I and, love a good time. water pressure cracking scare mm, moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, when that, what happens with that dude. Yeah. And his, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, because they are underwater and it's dark and it's, they're on the floor of the ocean, all the soot that gets kicked up as they're moving so you can't really see what's going on and, you know, you see as much as basically the the characters do of what's what's attacking them, what's after them, and yeah, oh, it's yeah. so good. I want to watch it again. It's so good, and I don't I don't want to <laughs> give anything good. away for listeners and especially for Matilda, but there is a scene where they're walking and some sort of monster foot is hitting their heads. It's oh like my fight. god, the, the drifting claws! So tense, <laughs> mm-hmm. so great. Yeah, oh, I love that. Yep. Super solid. I'm so glad this made the list. All right. Shall we move on to our number nine pick? Yes, I'm excited about this Okay. Now, Sarah, this one did make your list. What is number nine? Number nine is The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Yeah. I'm so glad you guys watched this because I totally hyped this in my What You've Been Watching. And I didn't know if anybody was going to bite. (laughs) Because I don't know if I did a good job of explaining what it was like. But tell me about Wolf of Snow Hollow and why it made your list. The reason why it made my list is just because of the cast. I mean, yeah. the the whole situation's absurd. You have this this cop who you kind of get the feeling the only reason he became a cop is because his dad was a cop, mm-hmm. and that's all he ever thought he was going to be doing. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, he's he's got some problems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, an understatement. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden the grisly horrific murders start happening in his sleepy little tourist town. Mm-hmm. And he's balancing a bunch of stuff on his plate along with these murders. The town's coming down on him. His squad is for, uh, applied for the position, gets a badge as they walk through the door, kind of kind of deal, small town mm-hmm. uh, police department kind of deal. But the lead actor and the gal from Garfunkel and Oates, mm-hmm. those two just made this movie. Like, you know, especially the way like they play off each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have great yeah. chemistry. They do. Ricky Lindholm. Yes. Yes, she's freaking great. I love that she is a total twist on the usual lady sidekick in these movies. Mm-hmm. She's actually the smartest person in the room instead of being the, the new rookie who doesn't know her way around things yet, which is what you expect her to be because that is the formula for these characters. But instead, she's actually a really great cop. And I love the payoff of where her character goes in the end. Yeah, yeah and and she's also not there to be a romantic interest nope. for not interested the, the lead not interested yeah. right <laughs> yeah this was a year of movies just coming out of absolutely nowhere but then impressing me and this one is a perfect example of that i knew nothing about it i i saw something about like that it was supposedly fun and i was like fuck it i'm just gonna watch it then and then was completely caught off guard by how much i really enjoyed it i think it has some really great dark humor mixed with a really fun mystery i laughed a lot i was surprised a lot and i thought it had one of the best reveals of the year when you find out who the werewolf is oh it's so mm-hmm. rad it really is yeah i, I don't want to say the line because there are probably some people who haven't seen this yet but when he says the thing and then the guy does the thing you're like oh Whoa. shit yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now ariel you especially were someone that i was like please watch this movie please watch this movie yeah you kept telling me to watch it and i finally got around to it a few months ago and just loved it this movie is great it was even higher on my list i think i had it at number seven and honestly for a while i had it at number one oh, that's so amazing um yeah it's sort of perfect for me just yeah. because it's got dark humor and sort of a Fargo vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. a mystery yes. plus a werewolf. Yes. It's all the things that I love. Detective work. It's it's so good. It's so entertaining. And yet it is this dark movie where this guy is like an alcoholic who's completely upending his life and destroying his relationship with his kid and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you still have so much fun watching it, even though those things are happening. Yeah which is really, really great. And the acting is amazing in this movie. Mm -hmm. Everybody's comedic timing is great. Mm -hmm. They play things so straight that it really heightens the comedy of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it looks really cool, too. It does. Yeah. It's a great looking movie. All the snow with the blood uh on the snow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very Although my my favorite scene was when the lead attacks the daughter's boyfriend. Oh, yeah. And, and the mom the mom pulls down his mask and she looks at him and then looks at the sun and smacks the sun across the head and goes, what you do? <laughs> yeah. So great. All right, let's talk about something that sounds a little less fun. <laughs> now, this one made the list solely on your love of it. So, oh, wow. really? Okay. Yes. You were the only person on your list, but it was rated so high that it made the list. So yeah, it was my number wow. two movie, and it kind of went back and forth between number one wow. and number two. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I need to watch this. Tell us what our number eight movie is, Matilda. All right. So our number eight movie is Swallow. 
okay. uh, which I think I may be the only one that watched. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the plot, this is not an easy watch. Like, I will just say that. Um, but it is so good. So this is a movie about um, a young housewife with a seemingly perfect marriage and life. And she develops a disorder that gives her a compulsion to eat inedible objects. Mm-hmm. Some of which are, it starts with a marble. It does not stop at a marble. Yeah, the poster has a thumbtack on it. And I'm yeah. guessing that's yep. not the finale item yeah (laughs) so it's a but it is a beautiful 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 movie Mm -hmm. and it's also you know it's a movie about self-harm yeah Um, so big content warning about that but i feel like you know the thing that i said in our chat is i feel like this is the companion movie to raw yeah oh interesting Mm -hmm. it reminded me in parts in the cinematography and otherwise of parasite Oh, interesting. And I will say this, like the cringe factor and the unseen horror factor is high. Right. But it's so effective and her performance is so good. You know, I think it's, you know, it's kind of my wheelhouse. Like if you wanted to make a movie for me, this would probably be it. Totally. Right. Um, totally. Yeah. It's it definitely, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It definitely looks at the ways that women can kind of experience secret self-destructive behaviors as like an interesting even if it's counterproductive kind of empowerment mm, interesting yeah. you know like a, like, like I a feel form like of this, rebellion yeah 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 yes and or like a form of independence where no independence is offered mm. or like a voice where no voice is offered like i feel like this gets at some kind of like eating disorder self-harm stuff that's that's interesting and in terms of like the kind of psychology of like rebellion through absolute conformity mm-hmm there's some really interesting stuff in here. It also has the like quiet menace of very, very rich families. This is like a working class woman who's married into a very wealthy family. Okay. So I will say you don't see a ton of the impact <laughs> of of her compulsion. Um, but the the cringe in this movie is pretty high. And the psychological pieces are so interesting. So when someone watches it, whether it's one of you, whether it's a listener, please email me, email me so I can talk about this movie. <laughs> I have a feeling I have a feeling we're gonna be watching this movie at some point this year. Michelle yeah, is mean, only gonna I be able to carry I... this by herself for so long before we're all watching it. <laughs> I want this to be like I don't want to force anybody to watch this movie because this no. is a lot. Um, okay. it does remind me I, I don't know if people know about like the Mooter, the medical museum in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's yes. an entire cabinet in that museum of things that doctors have pulled out of people's stomachs. Wow. Of people that, things that have have been accidentally ingested, right? So like seeds or nails or a lot of things that people like put between their teeth while they're working on something. Oh, Um, okay. Gotcha. A lot of diaper pins, right? That have been accidentally swallowed. Yeah. Um, And it made me think about that cabinet in a whole new way. I had seen it in person. It made me think about it in a whole new way. So if, if the kind of like feminine mystique as body horror is an interesting concept I mean, it is. It's one of those things I want to have seen, but maybe don't want to see. Yeah. (laughs) Give yourself some room. If okay. This, if the idea of this makes okay. you cringe, because I would it's not hard to swallow. force yourself to do it. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Well, that's good information. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I hope this this does not become your Hagazusa 
where nobody will watch this movie. If only you life. had a podcast where you got to force people to watch things. I know, dude, but then I'd have to watch it again. Okay. Well, that is, it is a bit of a double-edged sword. It's hard, right? Because you're like, I can't believe what I, you know, I, I am so compelled by what I just saw, but like, maybe I'm totally alone. Like, maybe this was just a solo experience. I don't know. Uh-huh. But it was... It was almost my number one. So if if this sounds interesting to you, I'd say definitely watch it. Okay. Yeah, I really meant to watch this one. I kept just pushing it, though. Yeah. And then just never, never got to it. Yeah, that's totally understandable. All right. Awesome. Well, yeah, at some point I'm going to suck it up and do it. I am. I'm not going to leave you out there on that, on <laughs> that okay. island alone. <laughs> All right. Number seven. Now, this is one I... Uh, rated pretty highly so i'm glad it made the list uh which is the movie host now did everybody watch this yes sarah mm-hmm. did you watch host yeah i did see okay it. Cool, cool. I, I liked it okay good 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 okay cool so i mean i had to put it on my list because is there a more emblematic movie of 2020 exactly than yes. no when we look back at this year there's going to be a handful of movies that we think about and this is definitely going to be one, whether you loved it or not, because it was a movie that only exists because of 2020. Right. The situation that we're in created the conditions that allowed for this movie to be made. Now, that's not mm-hmm. to say that there mm-hmm. haven't been Zoom movies. I mean, we covered them on our we've covered we've them on it. our show before. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess they were Skype movies. Yeah. But but the fact that this not only touches on this current lifestyle we're all experiencing but also had to be created under those conditions really makes it the quintessential 2020 movie i think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but what's really surprising is not only is especially considering the conditions that it was set under is that i found it to be a genuinely effective little horror movie i i had very low expectations into it i went into it as kind of a curiosity to see like what could they make and was surprised by how successful it was, what they were able to pull off and the way that they actually used the technology to its best advantage. Like that thing with the mask is freaking scary, dude. It It really worked. And it is hard to get a little scare out of me these days. And that managed to do it. There was something about the, the, the mask that they used and understanding the technology and how it works which is, again, something very 2020, that really combined to make that such a great scare. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just has, Mm -hmm. it's just better than it has any right to be. This movie should be Mm -hmm. terrible, and yet it is genuinely creepy. And yeah, and one of the, one of the few bright spots of the year for me, this movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How about you guys? Now, you've all seen it. What did you think of it? I loved this one and it was a total surprise to me because I think the week it came out, I just noticed it on Shutter and decided to put it on mm-hmm. and didn't realize exactly how they had made it when I first watched it. But it's, yeah, it's so entertaining. It's short and sweet. I think it's like, is it an hour long yeah. or something like that? And so it's very economical. It gets a lot done. There's a lot of good scares. It's impressive the kind of stunts they were able Mm -hmm. to accomplish while all in quarantine. And like you said, it's so emblematic of this year. I mean, there's scenes where somebody has to leave and they put on a face mask before they go and they bump elbows when they get there and stuff. So I think that this is a perfect kind of time capsule movie that we will definitely remember in the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I loved the way that they built tension where 
this is a little bit of a spoiler. I love the way that this used kind of like the every day of 2020 to build tension, like when the medium leaves the picture and they can't see her and it's because her food delivery has showed up in the middle yes. of the yeah 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 <laughs> i feel also, i feel like 2020 was a year that all of our nervous systems were just in suspense the whole year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and it just yeah. like played with that in perfect ways and yeah. ariel like you're saying like it was like an hour is perfect like it was not too long engaged me the whole time it was really surprising yeah and again when i watched unfriended i watched it on my laptop and i did the same thing with host oh and nice. i would highly recommend it <laughs> nice. because i think it makes it even more effective especially because i've been using zoom all the time uh-huh. yeah well now there's such diversity of like tv shows and and streaming services and yada 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 the 2020 is the closest we've had in a very long time to having like a monoculture or we're all mm-hmm. kind of doing the same thing or having the same experience. And so this manages to mine a lot of, like the thing you said about the food arriving, like it manages to mine a lot of the things that have now become monoculture. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And I like the uh, the friend who has the rich girlfriend. <laughs> I, oh, man. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, when he great. shows back in the call, you're like, no, get the fuck out, get out, get out, get out. <laughs> Don't come back now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and that her her the rich girlfriend's death was like whoa like the way it was fascinating to think about how they were doing this exactly that's what i'm saying like part of me was just very caught up in the story sorry leela's trying to steal my coffee um and part of it was me just kind of marveling at the technical parts of it right and marveling at like the actors process like i i feel like in 2020 i saw a commissioned dance piece where all the dancers had rehearsed over zoom and had never been in the same room together Mm -hmm. and that's really interesting with this too right like how to effectively show what those relationships are yeah yeah because they had to act like they were all old college friends or whatever and yet they've never actually met in person yes Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. And it would be very easy for all of that to look very different, like for each person to have a very different take on that. But the fact that they could remotely make that cohesive was really impressive. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Number six. Ariel, tell us what our number six movie is. So our number six pick is Extraordinary. I have been really looking forward to talking about this movie. I love this film so much. It's essentially about a woman who is able to communicate with ghosts and a aging former one-hit wonder guy who needs a soul of a virgin in order to get famous again. And that all sounds weird, but it works so well together. And it has such good, dry humor in this. It cracked me up over and over again. All the performances are great. I just, I really loved this one. It made it to my number five on my list. And for a while, this was much higher mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's just so good. Hey, I admit I resisted the hell out of watching this one. You did? Because I don't like Will Forte. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah, I really don't like Will Forte. And um, so I resisted watching this as much as I could. And then I finally watched it and was like, I really like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was number seven on my list yeah yeah and, and i mean like for me what like one of the best parts is when the ex-wife shows up uh-huh yes yes so it's like all of a sudden the cigarette oh, appears in his mouth the physical comedy <laughs> and that 
freaking yes. cigarette gag. I just every time, every time I laughed, every time. Mm-hmm. Every time. It's so funny. And that giant like penis staff that yeah. follow right. it goes. <laughs> so so funny. But even the smaller, quieter jokes are so great. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a gag where he's gonna she's teaching him how to drive and he has to take off his gloves so he can put on driving gloves and it's just so slow. Yeah. It cracked <laughs> me up. That yeah, it's just so absurd. So yes. <laughs> And it's really endearing, too. Like, the characters are all really likable. The main two characters are so sweet together. It's just a really fun film. Yeah. It, it, I This was one that I, you know, again, I I was like, everyone has to watch this. I liked it, so I must make everyone watch it. So I really appreciate everybody watching it. But, I, man, I love this movie. I just think it is the underrated horror comedy of the year. You know, I, I don't feel yeah. like it's talked about enough. I don't feel like it gets enough love. And it is so good. It has all of that sort of dry British humor you love. And it's full of characters that even the villains who you can't help but kind of want to spend time with. And Oh, my God. The girlfriend. The girlfriend. Yes. The girlfriend. The wife. The wife. Oh, my God. I mean, I know you don't love Will Forte, but I mean, is this is good casting. <laughs> you must yeah, it was good. It was good casting, honestly. This is the, the, I found him entertaining in this. Normally, I just find him really obnoxious. Right, because I think that <laughs> I mean it, the movie wants you to find him obnoxious, so it just it it's it does most of the work for you with the casting. Alone. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Maeve Higgins, who wrote and starred in this, what a delight! I yes. want to see her in all the things. She her comedic timing is fantastic. Her. Her like sort of understated humor. I just absolutely mm-hmm. adored her. I I I wish that I want a series of these movies set in this world. I love all the weird stuff with her dad and the old timey like seventies supernatural TV show that he was on. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's just fun. The world building is really great, and and like you said, the the physical comedy in this is like really smart and really funny and and just i don't know i love it i love this movie it's it is in a year that felt so bad so often it was nice to just have a movie that made you feel so good you know i was gonna end, say this is the feel good movie of the year yeah like, mm-hmm. it is that is yeah it, it is the feel good movie yeah, of the totally. year all right, now on the completely different end of the spectrum, Sarah, can you please tell our listener what our number five movie of 2020 was? Our number five is Hunter Hunter, which I got to admit, when I first heard about a movie starring Nick Stahl and Devin Sawa right, like, as Mountain what Men, what kind of fucking time machine are we in? <laughs> well, like, and, and when when I think manly Mountain Men, I don't think those two. No! Right. but man you know life has put some years on them and not to say they look bad but like you're like okay sure you could be like a wiry mountain man why not well i mean to be really honest the last time that i had heard any kind of mention of nick stall yeah um he had gone missing and his wife was going through la skid row looking for him yeah yeah so i mean i'm glad to see that he's at least doing a little bit better yeah i mean i always really liked nick stole and i always kind of rooted for him so to see him show up in something and then have it be really good was kind of awesome yeah yeah Yeah. and um it's carnival chef's kiss Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh this movie is about a husband wife and their daughter who live off the grid in the middle of the of the forest 
and he's a fur trapper. So there is some animal violence. Uh, some. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Not as bad as as in other things. I mean, Jesus, what are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the best answer is no answer. <laughs> uh, there, there's a big angry wolf on the prowl, and so Devon Sawa goes out to try and hunt this wolf because it's eating from his traps. When he discovers a serial killer's, I don't know, playpen dumping ground. Yeah, yeah, like dumping ground and playpen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and when that first twist hit, I was like, "Say what now? <laughs> what the hell kind yeah. of movie is this?" <laughs> I was so shocked. I did not expect that to be part of this movie. I really thought it was going to be about the wolf, you know? Yeah, like I really expected this to be. Well, like even with the serial killer, though, I was still just like, "Okay, so is this like, is this like a more serious Wolf of Snow Hollow where there's a werewolf hunting?" Mm, yeah. Well, let's just say the ending. Made me cringe. Oh, man. I, I know I had to like do a check in with you. I was like, listen, I don't watch a lot of extreme horror. I am literally <laughs> shaking. Can you please tell me where this is on the spectrum? And when you said it made you cringe, I felt so validated. Well, well and, the thing, and the thing is, the thing is, is that like there were there were two parts of it that made me cringe. Right. One is somebody's bicep being cut into. Ah! And the other part is the final shot yes, of somebody's face. The final face. shot will not leave my mind. It, yep. I, when it's like, it was just like, <laughs> like, just, oh. He got what he deserved, but. Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> Did I get what I deserved? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this one, this one was good. This one was really good. And it was really good to see those two really you know, out there on, out there on screen. Yeah. You know, it's such a cliche to say like, oh, this is a slow burn, but man, that ending really ramps up and makes it all worth it. Like an example of that this year was the rental, which I actually did like quite a bit, but there was a lot of like, oh, the end, the end. So that when it did end, it didn't really hit that hard. It was creepy. Yeah. It, it definitely got under my skin, but it was not, I feel like maybe it would have hit harder had I not heard that. Hunter Hunter on the other hand, <laughs> which is another yeah, I'm movie. Giving you full warning. <laughs> which you know, you told me you're like the end. It, it ends and it gets really violent at the end. <laughs> it sure do. <laughs> this one, I mean, it hit hard. I was not ready for what I saw, and you know, from that first for a moment, that first twist hit, I was hooked. Like you said, you think it's one kind of movie, and then all of a sudden you're like, shit. Oh, I get it. I get the understanding of the title Hunter Hunter, but even that's not totally right as you come to find out, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess the best way I could describe this movie to illustrate why you should see it is that this is a movie that, regardless of what Sarah says, has pervasive animal violence throughout. <laughs> if they're not killing an animal, they're showing a dead animal bleeding somewhere. There are feet, there are dead bears, there's... Everything is dying all the time. The scene of skinning a baby deer. Yes, animal so violence. That's where we go. Yeah, Throughout. And yet... It is my number five movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how fucking good this movie mm -hmm. is. 
it's <laughs> so good. I really, really like this one. It surprised me. Um, towards the end of the year, Rachel and I usually compare lists and yeah. then split up movies we have left so we can tell each other this one's worth watching. No, you can skip this one. Yeah. And this was one of the ones that I took on. Yeah. Well, and because I was like, please watch this for me. <laughs> <laughs> you totally took this bullet for me, girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I watched this one, and honestly, I hadn't really heard anything about it. So I just knew it was about some hunters. That's it. Right. And it surprised the hell out of me. The twist with the serial killer part I thought was great. The part where he is inside their cabin, and it's just Uh, the wife and her young daughter, uh, and he's injured, and they're caring for him, not quite realizing who he is or what he's done. It's so Mm -hmm. tense and so good. I mean, it just ratchets up the tension over and over again. The scene with the uh, park ranger sheriff. Oh my God. Oh yeah. (laughs) I blocked that out. What happens to him? (laughs) Like the first you're like, Oh, that's terrible. And then the other thing happens. You're like, Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so good. And then, that ending I did not see coming really hard. It was funny because after, like, like we were saying, you know, I was like, you have to watch this for me. You're like, yeah, watch this. You need to let me know. <laughs> you, like, responded. You're like, I have bad news. You have to watch this movie. <laughs> you have to watch this movie. <laughs> you're like, okay. And then you're like, okay, so there's two parts that really bothered me. There's the part with the deer. And there's a part where they break a rabbit's neck. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> you need to step up your animal violence warnings. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck well, the- is happening well, up here okay. on this day?" <laughs> See, here, here's here's the thing though: is like hunting, trapping, like they're sustenance hunters. They don't have right. meat unless they yeah. trap. They I use yeah. the, the the so to me. It's violent, but it's not animal violence in the same way not that in like, um, yeah, uh, yeah, where like you know nobody's dog is getting kicked to death, or like another movie that I saw, Dark End of the Street, nobody's bashing in pets with a hammer. Oh God, I'm not watching. No, that movie. thank oh, you. Well, it doesn't show. Oh, okay. You know, it's like a woman's a woman's cat gets killed, and there's like some blood and a cat toy, but there's not no. But you just know, yeah. But you know because she's screaming, "Oh my god, they killed my cat!" Yeah, I agree with you, Sarah. That a lot of I had a hard time with the baby deer part of it, but Mm -hmm. um, for the most part, it does. It didn't bother me as much as other movies. For example, Becky. There's scenes Uh where a dog is shot, and another one where the dog is hurt, kicked, and stuff. And that really bothered me more than, like, the trapping where you just see a foot of an animal and you recognize what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this movie is fantastic, and everybody should go watch it. Just be prepared, because that ending is a doozy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Now let's move on to something a little more fun. <laughs> Still animal <laughs> violence, but a little more fun. <laughs> Yeah. Now, Matilda, what is our number four movie of the year? So our number four movie of the year is Color Out of Space. Woohoo! Another one that I was like, everyone must watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, and this is, um, it's Richard Stanley, and it's a obviously a, based on the Lovecraft tale um, about a meteorite landing on a farm and poisoning the earth and water on the farm with lots of Nick Cage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And a little Tommy Chong. And a little Tommy yeah. Chong. Mm-hmm. 
This is a weird one. Why does it work? It shouldn't work, but it does. It shouldn't work because it's like cinematography wise and like music wise, it's like lush and beautiful and yes, eerie. And then Nick Cage is just like rampaging through this thing. But also it's great. <laughs> sure. yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so entertaining. Yes. And a solid body horror. Oh, such good body horror. Such good yeah. body horror. I feel like it's really hard to make a good Lovecraftian horror movie. And for some reason, yes. it's even harder to make one from an actual Lovecraft story. And yeah. so it's kind of amazing that this one is as fun and as good as it is. It it, capt- it manages to capture like a lot of what makes a Lovecraft story unsettling. I think probably the greatest achievement is that it manages to create and act like visually create a color that is both like eerily eldritch and yet and indescribable and yet very beautiful at the same time which is something that's a lot easier to say than to show and Mm -hmm. i think this movie Mm -hmm. manages to do it like you said body horror excellent nick cage excellent i've talked about this already that there was one version of it got cut (laughs) by producers because nick cage decided to do his monologue in a handstand i kind of want to see that cut i'm not gonna lie i see that cut too yeah, it's disturbing, it's entertaining, and that mom-son blob has been living rent-free in my head all year. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that thing is just Great. horrible. Yeah. Just the sounds they're making. Oh! Yes. <sighs> oh, yeah, when she's licking the water. Oh, it's so Ooh. disturbing. <laughs> so, Ariel, this is one that I kept being like, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it. What? So I want to know what you yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, so I put this one off for quite a while because I knew I was going to love it and I just like I wanted to be in the right mood and I don't know if you ever do that where you just like keep pushing stuff off. Oh, Anyways, 100%. My number one movie is that exact same scenario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm actually really glad I did because I had a handful of movies I needed to watch before the end of the year and most of them were really dark and grim mm-hmm. and then I saved this one for last and I'm so glad I did because it was like a palate cleanser. It's so much fun. I love the Lovecraft story, and I think that they actually managed to capture a lot of the elements of that story in this movie, Mm -hmm. which I did not expect, considering I had heard that Nick Cage went all out. And I was like, well, if that's the kind of movie it is, are they really going to be able to, you know, do the things I want it to do? But it totally did. And the body horror stuff, like you were saying, is just so good. You want to talk about Lomageddon? yeah oh it's so cool looking and and nick cage just like blowing all of them away with his shotgun while he's kind of going nuts i mean (laughs) nick caging about yeah he vacillates between being this like normal dad guy to being this like crazed insane nick cage the scene where he goes nuts in his car and is like pounding on the steering wheel and pounding on the ceiling it's so much fun when he's yelling at his daughter being just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I loved it. And yeah, all of the color stuff was surprisingly good. Yeah. And the way that it changed the plants and the trees, it was all beautiful to look at and really interesting and very in keeping with the story, really, which yeah. again, really surprised me. I loved this movie. I'm glad they got that recording of Tommy Chong giving the monologue from the story in there somehow. Yes. Because mm-hmm. yep. the dad doesn't cool. give it. And so you're like, oh, I really love that part of the story. And so yeah. then when Tommy Chong does it, and it's cool because like in that recording, after all the weird shit has happened with him, 
It's just, it's a good capper to the movie, I think. And the recordings kind of warp, so it's his voice mm-hmm. is changing and modulating. and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do a great job with that. Yeah, I no. was trying to think about what would have what it would have felt like if Nick if it wasn't Nick Cage. Right. And I don't know that anybody else could have I think it's important that he was cast. Agree. And he would not I would not have thought so. <laughs> but I <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right for like a historical slow but really he's the one. When he's just like trying to eat those apples and they don't taste good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I'm just like, who else could do that? <laughs> yeah, where he just keeps spitting him into the sink. Yeah. And... <laughs> Meanwhile, she's yelling at him about the yeah. modem. <laughs> and when he's like indignant about the alpacas. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> They're so expensive. Yeah. So funny. Yeah, that was a, I, I remember I saw the trailer for it and I was worried. And I was like, yeah. there's no way this yeah. is going to be good. And so I had like no hopes or investment when I watched it. And then I was like, hey, this is kind of Mm-hmm. But it's weird. It's weird. It's not for everyone. So I was kind of like, I loved this movie. Please watch this movie. But also, I was yeah. I was kind of prepared for people not to like it because it's it's fucking weird, dude. But I liked it. It is a weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I mm-hmm. also really love the teenage daughter. Yeah, one, yeah, too. yeah. Because yeah. so often that character is done so wrong, uh, yeah. or is just like a cookie cutter flat character and she was really interesting and she keeps her head and really tries to problem solve and keep everybody together Mm -hmm. she's a great character yeah i think part of what makes the nick cage work is having the movie actually kind of focus on her so he becomes not the main dish but the salt you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, that's a good point yeah well that is nice to see a teenage son that like him and the sister rib each other but he's not a complete asshat yeah yeah right yep Awesome. Okay, cool. So number, speaking of what the fuck, let's talk about our number three movie. (laughs) Ariel, what was our number three movie? Our number three movie is Amulet. (laughs) This movie, I don't think, is this a movie, another movie that's not getting enough love this this year? This one is a wild ride. All right, tell me about this movie, Ariel. This movie is completely surprising i didn't know what i was getting into when i watched it and it is so good and so strange it's basically about a man who was a soldier and really struggling and he gets some help from a nun who places him with a woman and her elderly mother where they need some help around the house because of what's happening and she you know and he will get a place to stay and the young woman is taking care of her mother who's sort of locked up in the attic while she's caring for her and is maybe violent. And it's about their dynamic and sort of learning and getting to know each other at the same time as this mysterious stuff is happening in this old decrepit house. And you're slowly finding out what's really going on with the mother character. Mm-hmm. It has an ending (laughs) that surprised the hell out of me the last like 20 minutes of that movie are surprising in such a good way yeah Yeah. and it goes from essentially being what you think is maybe a haunted house movie to really being a rape revenge story and one that's done in such a unique way that i really think more people should be talking about yes why is this movie not getting more love yeah i have no idea i mean i do think it's it's amazing 
it is a challenging movie, but I mean, yeah, that's true. Just for the what the fuck ending of it all. Like I, I when <laughs> when you see the thing in the room and you're like, wait a minute, what kind of movie am I watching? Yeah, and this is after you've yes. seen the thing in the toilet. You're still surprised by what you see in the room. Uh, yeah and there is a birth scene mm-hmm. that surprised the hell out of me and for so many reasons never yeah yeah for so many reasons that image i watched that movie months and months ago and it's still like in my head that birth scene <laughs> i'm sad to report that this is the only not the only one nominated the only one that actually made our list that is directed by a, a woman Mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's the feature film debut of like you said romola gary and man did she kill it on her first time well, out she sure did <laughs> because i mean the story is awesome but also this movie looks fantastic yeah. she did such a good job directing the fact that it's all almost the entire movie is set in this small cramped decrepit old house it's great it's so good and it does such a good job of slowly building the tension throughout the movie which is something i really love when it does it really slowly and you start getting these flashback scenes of the soldier when like his experiences Mm -hmm. and you learn who he really is Mm. as a person yeah oh man yeah it is very very good i point blank love this movie this one was really high on my list because I love the way that it plays with your perception of each of the characters. Literally every single character in this movie yeah. over the course of its arc, you come to learn they are not what you thought they were. And, you know, sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad. I appreciate what it had to say about rape culture and what kind of man can be a rapist. Something we talked about on our episode of More Deadly about how sometimes the rapist is a creepy dude in the corner sometimes he's someone who looks a lot like a romantic lead you know like uh-huh. yep. um, and i appreciate the bizarre and complex mythology behind this i like its sense of ju- mercy but oh man it's sense of old school justice <laughs> yeah <laughs> the last like two minutes of that movie Ooh. oh so good and just so good. just the what the fuckery of it all you know when yeah the sh- when you see the shell and you're just like I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. I honestly could not believe my <laughs> yeah. eyes. I thought this movie had twisted and turned as many directions as it possibly could. And then you see the shell, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I remember you were watching it and you sent me a text and you were like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so what about, you know, Matilda, I, you and I have not talked about this at all. And it's definitely one that I was very excited to hear what you yeah, think of too. it. I thought it was great. Um, I feel like in the last, the last few minutes of this movie, like picked me up by the collar and threw me against the wall. <laughs> Yo, bit. yeah, like for sure. <laughs> like, That's fair. It, it goes out with the bang. <laughs> Indeed. Sure does. But I thought it was great. You know, I thought it, it looks great. The Nun, I mm-hmm. mean, The Nun is Dolores Umbridge. So like, uh, I know I was oh. a little suspect. I loved when her costume change occurs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Emilia Staunton's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to eat this piece of the scenery, and then I'm going to eat this piece of the scenery, and then I'm going to eat all of that scenery, and then I'm going to yep. have that scenery for dessert. And you're going to love it. Yep, and is there any meat pie it. left? Because I'm going to eat that too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, which I'm pretty sure it was Butt Bat, right? That had to yeah. be Butt Bat. She was yeah. eating him. Okay. Just want to mm-hmm. make sure. Just want to make sure. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we we're all on the same butt bat page oh, yeah. okay yeah. Oh, good yeah. good 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 
There's a reason she wasn't eating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought this was great and it's beautiful and it, um, it hurt a little bit. Oh yeah. And yeah, for sure. For um, sure. yeah, it was great. The imagery of what he sees inside the shell. <gasps> so amazing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and I feel like it's a little bit timeless. Like it's a little bit out of time. Yeah. In a yeah. way that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. It's it's fascinating. Yep, yep this one. Yep, I'm gonna yep. think about this one for years. Yeah, like, you know, definitely yeah, on our true. episode of More Deadly, we did a lot of processing. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we did. We both were like, I liked it. I don't understand it. Let's work it out. And then we kind of like figure. We kind of like together. Each of us had puzzle pieces that we put together. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, this movie's rad. <laughs> okay, I get it now. <laughs> I, yeah, 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 yeah. I knew I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh shit okay you're in one movie and then you're in a whole other movie and then you're in a whole other other movie right you're in like six other movies and then the movie is psychedelics like i don't even know what to say about well i do think there's something we talked about in the episode uh, ariel actually pointed out this out that like there's three different film styles in the movie depending on what point in time you're in yep part of me wants to watch it again and part of me does not want to see it again I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. I also kind of just want to watch it again. Yeah. I know. Good, I know. <laughs> All like right. The beginning with the with the hands tied together, like taped together. Now I, I'm. Yeah. 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 Like all that. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be even more interesting to go back and see like all the stuff you missed the first time or, yes. or intentionally were misdirects. Like now they're much more sinister. Yeah, now that you understand context. In one place, it creates sympathy for a character, but now you have context, and you're like, "Oh no, that's monster evidence." Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. All right, number two movie. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> movies that love to mess with your head, <laughs> uh, Matilda, what is our number two movie of 2020? So our number two movie is Possessor. Ooh, this is so a this good is the... one, you guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, this was my number one, actually. This mm-hmm. is um brand mine too. Yes, yours too. Yep. Yeah, it was hard. It was a hard top three this year. Um, it really it was a was. hard top ten this year. Yeah, dude. I had. I made my list and then realized I had 18 movies. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell me about Possessor and why it was your number one movie, Matilda. Um, so this is the Brandon Cronenberg movie. So um, Cronenberg's son, uh, the apple does not fall far from the body horror tree. No. I think. <laughs> um, no. And it hit all the full frontal branches on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> There's a kind of like Black Mirror meets spy novel meets Gillian Flynn about all of this. Like it's yes, really yes. fascinating. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. So this is about um, an elite corporate assassin who takes control of other people's bodies using brain implant technology to target high profile targets. And this movie is gorgeous and stylish and cold. And I feel like, but like so sophisticated. Yeah, it really makes me want to. Um, encourage people to watch antiviral too if you haven't watched that which we're is doing other it this movie. year we're doing it this year we're gonna do the twofer yeah we gotta do it we gotta I do think, a spotlight yeah i think brandon cronenberg kind of nails what i want david fincher movies to be mm, in tone like you know where there's like this big like the, that kind of style that i feel like uh, i feel like cronenberg nails it a little bit better mm-hmm. um 
I just really loved this. I loved that it really went there <laughs> in all the ways. It does not pull punches. Um, it is a movie for grown folks and grown it folks is, alone. Yes. Yeah. And it's a thinker, mm -hmm. which I liked, but it was just so good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Jennifer Jason Lee. Like, oh. how can you go wrong? Literally, the end of my notes say Jennifer Jason Lee. Period. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's I love your sort of collage of what this movie is because I and I've said this before, like to me and now the Jillian Flynn is the missing ingredient in my cocktail, which was David Cronenberg and Christopher Nolan with a, a whisper of Ridley Scott. But no, the Jillian Flynn is absolutely essential because man, if this is not about like. Bad, bad women, women. Yeah. <laughs> doing bad things. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I love this movie a lot. It is absolutely the feminist, but absolutely fucked. It is like feminist in the most transgressive ways. Yeah. And I love it. Like we have talked about maternal ambivalence a few times over the course of this podcast, but this one takes the cake. It does. That yeah. ending, yeah. I mean, like, like we've seen some shit on that level on a metaphorical level, yep. you know, but we've never seen it really go there. Yep. And then to have the end result be what it is, that total ambivalence, but also a sense of freedom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it comes as a result of that particular act which is like a it's like a combo deal between the two women is really really something yeah this movie when you talk about the movies you pick are the ones that stay with you it hasn't even been that long since i've seen it and i can tell you this movie is going nowhere in my brain mm -hmm. it is, it mm -hmm. is here to stay <laughs> it is unsettling yeah. oh yeah oh my god yeah. the sean bean stuff holy moly yeah <laughs> yeah ariel what did you think I think I talked about this movie in a What You've Been Watching a while back. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I said is that this movie was not made for me. Mm, right. Like, I really oh, right. I really dislike near future yeah. tech dystopias. Mm -hmm. They, it, It's too fucking close to reality <laughs> and it just depresses the fuck out of me. And then I start thinking about real things that are happening. I mean, in that movie where they're looking through everybody's apartments and houses for, you know, window treatments and stuff. Yeah. I mean, oh, God, that's so creepy. But also Amazon has that thing where you can take, you know, video of your home and they'll place products in there for yep. you so you can see what it looks yep. like. It's fucking mm -hmm. creepy. Yep. It's too real. Normally, I hate it, but I loved this movie and it was my number one pick. Mm -hmm. That's how good it is that I was willing to overlook all of that stuff mm -hmm. um, because it the commentary is so incisive, so spot on, and the horror elements, the body horror, the violence of it. I mean, this movie is brutal. It's so brutal. And up-close violent. Ooh, yeah. Yes, yeah. very up-close violence, lots of blood, and that scene where I think it's a fire poker that she beats mm. the guy's face Yeah, the John yeah. Bean of it all. Yep. Yes. Oh, so good and there and i found that really cathartic that scene i love that mm -hmm. scene <laughs> the main woman is i can't remember the actor's name but she is phenomenal i mean she has to do so much in this movie so does the guy i mean they they both have to sort of be different things throughout the course of this movie and it's it's just it's just great and then that ending 
man. I mean, the dream sequence that comes before the ending where she's got that mask mm-hmm. on is so creepy. Yeah. So creepy. And then that ending is brutal. It's violent, emotionally scarring, and so good. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I mm-hmm. really, really love this movie. I can't say enough good things about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. The actor is Andrea uh, Riseborough, and she was Mandy right. in Mandy. Um, yeah. Who had okay. one of my favorite right. scenes of 2019 where she just laughs. All she does is laugh. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, queen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's been great. Yeah. She's great in this. Definitely. Yeah. Sarah, did you see this one? No, unfortunately. I missed uh, it. Yeah. Uh, you're going to We do have to do it. an episode yeah. because you'll like it. Yeah. 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 And do you know what his other movie is? Has anyone else seen that? I haven't. No. So his other movie is also near future tech horror i'm sorry to say but it's um it's called antiviral and it is about a near future where people go to a service to get uh to pay to be infected with celebrity strains of diseases oh that's interesting so it's much more kind of like close body horror than sci-fi and it is so good i'm just dying to hear what sarah thinks of these movies yeah, <laughs> I would suspect too. these are like the hamburger with teeth movies for Sarah. Cat, <laughs> <laughs> cat is going to kill us. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I didn't even think. Oh about yeah, cat's gonna be she like, what be is happy. wrong with them? Yeah. Right, because this is definitely a, these are fucked up ass movies. All right, yeah. They Speaking are. <laughs> of women killing things, shall we talk about our number one movie of the year? This is it, you guys. Yeah. No. Okay. Cool. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, Yay! <laughs> it's very problematic that y'all keep making me take silence as consent. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. We'll make air horn noises. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, uh... <laughs> That's the enthusiasm I'm looking for. All right. Cool. So our number one movie of the year is The Invisible Man. Hell yeah. uh, so this, like you, Ariel, this is the one I saved at the end of the year when I know I'm going to be like cramming in a bunch of bummers. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to have some sort of palate cleanser. And and so this, I've had this available to watch since the beginning of the freaking year. And I've just held on to it, held on to it. And man, <laughs> I'm so glad I did because it was such a great way to close out the year. If you were going to make a movie in a lab that you were like... Uh, Rachel will like this movie. Let's add all yes. of these ingredients. Yep. I don't know that you could do much better. Than this. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought I knew what kind of movie it was and I was going to like that movie. But what I ended up getting was very different and I ended up liking it even more. I thought I was going to get a modern version of Sleeping with the Enemy, a movie that I loved when I was like 12 and probably shouldn't have been watching it. But instead, <laughs> it was so much nastier and so unambiguous in the way that mean. it kind of explores the horrors of gaslighting in a year where I feel like we have, as a nation, been gaslighted within an inch of our lives. And, yeah. and it does not pull punches in ways that I was expecting. Like, a softer thriller would not have killed the sister. A softer mm-hmm. thriller would not would not have punched a teenage girl. A softer thriller would not have yeah. done a lot of the shit that this movie does. And yeah. it is all the better for it. You know, there are times where subtlety is the key or where a PG-13 horror movie is great. Watch The Ring. That movie is great. It doesn't need to be rated R. It's perfect as it is. But I think with this, if you had gone soft with it, it would have veered into Lifetime territory, which is fine. But 
I wanted a horror movie and I got a fucking horror yeah. movie from this. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I loved that about it. And it also has some actual good, solid, well-crafted scares. That bit in the attic with the paint is the best <gasps> jump scare of the year. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hands down. And, when she throws the paint. Oh, yes. I, I mean, right. I was not expecting that. And the footsteps down <gasps> the hall. Just the how she's watching it down the hall and then it just disappears. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So, so good. And then I think the casting of Elizabeth Moss was perfect. You needed an actor Mm -hmm. in this role, right? Yeah. And she elevates everything she's in. So she elevated the shit out of this, which was already pretty great to begin with. But that central performance gives you everything you need to make this movie go from a pretty good, solid thriller horror film to a really great movie. And so watching her go from traumatized and terrified to where she ends up at the end, you know, she nails it across the board. And this movie just kind of has all the elements, you know, it's it's scary. It's entertaining. It, it's got a good story. It has a freaking killer ending. It just mm-hmm. it is just kind of a perfect package, which is why it, it totally ended up in my number one spot. I, I don't think you can ask for much more. And after the, all the false starts they had trying to make these universal movie monsters, it's kind yeah. of a miracle that this movie is so good. It should be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I really love this one. I saw it at the beginning of the year when it came out, and I watched it again recently mm. um, because, one, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic, but also I wanted it kind of more fresh in my mind, and I was impressed all over again by how good this movie is. It ended up in my number two spot, but honestly, it in Possessor, I kept going back and forth over and over again mm-hmm. with which one was number one. Because this movie is really great for all of the reasons you said. And one of my favorite things, I think you and I, Rachel, talked about this before, is that the first like 10 minutes of this movie, it there is zero dialogue as she's trying to make her way out of her house. Mm-hmm. nothing is said and yet it communicates everything about why she's leaving who her husband is and the tension and fear that's there like nothing is said and yet you really know everything and i think that says a lot about the director and a lot about elizabeth moss mm-hmm. because she does such a good job you see so much on her face and her facial expressions I was just completely impressed. And like you said, this movie is mean. Like, Mm -hmm. it it goes places that I didn't expect. That scene in the restaurant. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I did not see that. You're not saying. Yeah, I didn't expect that either. I was shocked. I was just like. (gasps) Yeah. And the way that they slowly build to him being a presence where. At first, she's just kind of feeling like something's off. And then one night, the door, front door is left open, and she goes outside, and she's sort of looking around thinking, okay, nobody's here. But you see that behind her, uh, there's breath in the air because it's cold mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And it's so chilling and so good. Or the scene where she sees footprints on the uh, sheet. Oh, that is so away, creepy. Yeah. Pull it away so creepy and so good and all the gaslighting stuff is is so brilliant because these people who genuinely love her are being turned against her and nobody believes her it's it's really fantastic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and and then and then on top of that you find out all the other layers of the abuse like right Mm -hmm. he was he he switched out her pills he was giving her medication that she 
Yeah, I mean, it's just, mm -hmm. it was insane. Yeah. yeah. It really does a good job of driving home how terrifying that character is. And since it's a real life, it comes from a real life horror place, I appreciate it. Really can see the, the true terror that that kind of character can create in someone's life. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that they took a story that was about sort of a science experiment gone wrong and in this sort of fantastical mm -hmm. way and made it into something where you legitimately could possibly do this soon. You know? Yeah. Um, but it's where it felt it's realistic enough. It's also a science experiment gone wrong in a totally different way in that it's like being used yeah, in a wrong true. way. It's a different interpretation right. of what mm -hmm. it means to go for science to go wrong. Mm -hmm. yeah that's a very yeah. good point yeah mm, i love this movie but because they do it that way it feels more grounded in reality and therefore i think it's scarier when things start happening Oof. to her and people and the sound her. that suit makes it's oh so yeah creepy. i mean the scene where she's in the hospital and in that hallway and like she keeps trying to get out and people keep dying and yeah it's yeah. it's very tense and really really well done those action scenes are great and i think there's something about like a suit made out like invisible surveillance mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. right now is particularly horrifying also yes. right like not just in like a domestic violence way but in a like kind of way. cultural way the yeah. kind of like all this just thing that we relate to right. as a person but actually just being like a giant series of cameras mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I heard I uh, I did hear a review of this that said it was a better example of gaslighting than the 1944 movie Gaslight. <laughs> <laughs> that I think is pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it's interesting how they withhold held him speaking. Yeah. He, he says one line and then we until the very final scene, right? And it does, mm -hmm. as an audience member, you keep wanting him to say something, say something, and it never gives it to you except for in those little, two, those two brief moments. And I think it's very effective. It's much more effective than if he had been whispering to her the whole time or mm -hmm. it's just right. when it finally happens, you're just mm -hmm. like, oh, because it's after he's completely set his trap. I also really love the cop character. Mm -hmm. And yeah. his daughter. I think he's really great. And what I really appreciate about this movie is that they didn't go for the romance angle. Because yeah. in the beginning yeah. when I first saw it, I was like, oh, no, are they going to do that? Where it's like he's helping her out and she's grateful. And then they fall in love. And then, you know, that antagonizes the guy even more. But they didn't. They just were friends, mm -hmm. you know, who genuinely cared about each other. And I thought that was really great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, his ending, like, you know, like where he sort of left yes. this movie is interesting. Yeah. All right. So that has been our top 10 for the year. I feel like we got some really, really good ones. Yeah, there's some great movies here. Yeah, definitely. But because it's a collaborative list, all of our favorites can't make it, which is why we have the honorable mention sections where we can squeeze in our thoughts on movies that didn't quite make the cut. Ariel, let's start with you. Give me your two honorable mentions and why you, you wanted to make sure that they got included. So my first honorable mention is The Lodge, which was directed by Veronica Franz and her nephew, Severin Fiala. Brim. <laughs> so I know that this did not make Rachel's list. Too bleak, but very good. <laughs> this movie is very bleak. It's about a man and his two kids where he is 
about to maybe get remarried to this young woman and they go to spend Christmas at a remote cabin where he is going to leave for a few days to go work so that he and this new stepmom character can get to know the kids so they can get to know each other and then shit starts happening in this this remote cabin (laughs) and it is very dark it's very bleak it's beautiful. It's so well acted. Riley Keough stars in it, and she's phenomenal. Incredible. Um, yeah, absolutely she is fucking just, incredible. Yeah, she's a survivor of a doomsday cult that her father ran. So there's some interesting things mm. going on there. Visually, there's a lot of cool, interesting things that happen. And then this movie takes a very dark turn at a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that I did not see coming and yeah, it really makes you think. And then after it takes this one dark turn, then you get to the end and it's, I mean, it's it not Hunter Hunter, but it's not, not Hunter Hunter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So this movie ended up on my list mm-hmm. and obviously didn't make it into the top 10. I just thought. Even though this movie is bleak and it is dark, it's just so, so well made. And I'm very excited to see more of what these two directors can do because I just love this movie. And I think everybody should see it if you can get through the darkness. Yeah, it's just it's fantastic. And if you want to hear more of us talking about it, Rachel and I covered this one on More Deadly. We did a whole episode. Mm. Yep. Yep. I would recommend watching it. Just be prepared. This is this is another feel bad movie of the year. Like I mean, as a as a uh, Riley Keough fan, like this is a must watch. She's so incredible in this, so incredible in this. But it is punishing. It'll hurt you. It'll hurt you in the feel feels. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> sure will. <laughs> All right. What was your other honorable mention? So my other honorable mention was The Deeper You Dig by yes. Toby Poser. So good. Another fantastic woman director. The interesting thing about this one is she actually uh, writes and directs these films that she makes with her husband and her two daughters. And uh, this one I think she just makes with one of her teenage daughters. Mm-hmm. But it's really good. It's basically about a woman, a single mom whose daughter is tragically killed by a drunk well not a drunk driver is he drunk yeah he's drunk yeah by a drunk driver and then played by her real life husband yes played by daughter her real life played husband. by her and real life daughter in it yeah they all star in it i forgot to say score that. by real life husband <laughs> yeah it's they a total family affair higher yeah. movie in-house yeah. just the three of them and um and then what plays out is him covering up his crime And her realizing that her daughter isn't just missing, but is in fact dead. And then them actually forming forming a connection and bond while her daughter is essentially kind of haunting and sometimes possessing the man who killed her. And although that sounds really grim, I actually don't think this movie is that grim. There's a lot of heart to it. And there are some really fantastic dream-like sequences that are very surrealistic, that are beautifully made, super interesting, and real different than any kind of surrealistic stuff I had seen before. So I would really recommend this yeah, one. They take some big swings visually with this movie, especially when you think of it. It's like a, they basically, as a family, would be like, okay, it's the weekend. Let's make our movie together. 
Yep, exactly. Yeah, they talked about uh, writing this script in between like soccer practices and stuff for their daughter. So, yeah, it, I can second that this is this one was like didn't quite make my list, but it was one of the ones that was hard to cut because I mean, it's just they really go for it with this movie. Yeah, it was definitely one of my favorites this year. Awesome. Very cool. All right. How about you, Matilda? What made your list of uh, honorable mention? So the other things that made my list were his house, which I know we had talked about on the pod. You, one of you had talked about on the podcast before. Yeah. I think the last beautiful movie, just so good. And particularly, I want to say that like the performance of when me Musaku, who plays Ruby on Lovecraft Country, is so good. Please put her in everything forever. Just give her all the roles. Um, Yeah. I feel like um, she has the ability to do a lot with kind of like the fine acting in tight close up on her face mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is really, really affecting. And that movie is, it's hard, like you've talked about before, it's grief and it's xenophobia and other things, but it's it's such a good movie. And then the other one that I really, really loved, my other honorable mention was Becky. Yeah, oh, which yeah. Ariel oh my God. talked about. Angry teen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Kevin James was weirdly effective. Mm-hmm. I know. It's so strange. In this role. And um, I think this made my list because there's something in a slideshow for me from this movie with an eye thing. Oh, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> oh, right, 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 that, right, 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 right. Uh, that just really took it up there for me in the in the way that like um, <laughs> uh, that the Gerald's game hand kind of went up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel yeah. like that movie is is pretty great. Did you all? Did everybody see it, Sarah? Did you watch this one? No, I didn't see it. Oh, I think oh, you Sarah, will really like would, it. Sarah. I think you'll like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one too. It was on my list for a while, um, mainly because. The kills are great. Like all the violence is really good. And it's just an entertaining yeah. movie. And yeah, Kevin James is surprisingly effective as a neo-Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's very interesting <laughs> to watch him do that. I, I really liked it. And I didn't say this before, but I'm so glad that you picked his house too, because that was number one on my list mm-hmm. for a while, almost until the end. And I finally actually bumped it off my list entirely. And I regret, I kind of regretted it afterwards because that movie deserves a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. It is beautifully done. It tells such an interesting story about refugees. I'd never seen a horror movie done like yeah. that before. The mythology around the haunting is really different and new. The acting's phenomenal. Great body it, horror it scene at the a, end. Mm-hmm. Yes, great body horror scene at the end. It's just such a gut punch when you find out the decisions that they were sort of forced to yes. make in order oh, to that get bus to scene, England. that fucking bus scene yeah mm-hmm. that it's it's painful and hard to watch and like rachel said i know i have a lot of feel bad movies on my list so i don't know why i kicked this one off but it was just one of those ones i think like, it because it was just oof. so like it was so the pain was so effectively um delivered yeah, yeah. i really yeah. appreciated the warning ahead of time though that like i i think rachel you said like it's really really painful and you got to do it like yeah yeah. yeah, it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was the one where I turned to my partner while we were watching it. I was like, this is very good, but I'm having a very bad time. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I mean, That's ultimately, I feel like it's worth it's totally worth the journey. But you have to sign up for having your feelings stepped on with a fucking ten inch Louis Vuitton for yeah. a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's gonna hurt. It's a movie. It is a movie. <laughs> <sighs> All right, cool. Those are those are great choices. Also, angry. Becky is so cathartic. Yeah. And I like how even at two, the end, her superpower of rage never fades. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. How about you, Sarah? What were your honorable mentions this year? Pretty much, at least over the the past year, we've pretty much talked about everything that's been on my list, with the exception of Freaky, which just came out. So much fun. I'm so glad you picked this one. That movie was a lot of fun. I mean, Vince Vaughn is hilarious. The, uh, the the teenage actress, when their personalities switch, I mean, she's great. The sister, who's the cop, is is great. Is great. The movie's gory as hell. I know. I was not <laughs> expecting that, and it was right? such a was fun bad. surprise. Yeah, I mean, it's just definitely check that one out. I had a lot of fun watching it. It was just a good a good ride. <laughs> that scene with the shop teacher. Woo! Oh yeah. <laughs> We just watched another slasher that wasn't gory, and like Freaky was the perfect example of why it's the one genre that you can't do PG thirteen. Like you need it. Oh yeah, I think when we were talking about Black Christmas, Black Christmas. That's it. That's it. That's it. It wasn't like you can't have a non gory slasher movie. I mean that is that's like having a a ghost story without a ghost. You know, like that's what we're here for. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't know if this was originally supposed to get a specific rating, like a PG-13, in order to be released in theaters, because it kind of feels like that's the the direction it might have gone in well because it feels like it's in the universe as this other movie the the time the time loop one yeah happy death day yes exactly yeah um but no this one goes for it in a way i did not expect i mean those kills are so bloody but they're bloody in a really fun way like possessor is bloody in a brutal way this one is just fun (laughs) yeah when you when vince bond first wakes up and he's like, I'm a teenage girl. And, is, and the, the guy that he's staying with is like, what drugs do you want? I, I want, want that. <laughs> I mean, I am no Vince Vaughn fan, but I did yeah, enjoy I, him in this. He's yeah, great. like I, I generally don't like his movies. He plays the same character no matter what he's in. Yeah. Kind of the same with uh, with uh, Kevin James, which is why I haven't seen Becky yet. Yeah. Is because like I just feel like I've seen it all before with him. But yeah, this was this was actually really good, really surprising. Yeah, he did surprisingly well in the more emotional scenes too, like the one where he's in the dressing room yeah. talking to his mother in the body of a serial killer. Yes. Or yeah. when he's in the backseat of the car with the boy she's been crushing. Yeah, the other one I, I picked, uh, it didn't make my list, but it was close. It's called After Midnight. It also has Henry Zabrowski. It sure does. He's great in that movie. I he really he is. Very it, funny. It's, and charming. It, that character was like written for him. Yeah, it was. It's essentially him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's this, this small town couple that uh, it's kind of starts off like 10 years before they first move into uh, his old family house down in the south. And it's kind of it starts as like a romance between them. And then it it cuts back and forth between their past and what's currently going on and what's currently going on is this guy's a drunk the the girlfriend has left him he's convinced there's something that's showing up on the property like attacking the property trying to get in the house he's got these big gouges on the door he's blown a hole through the door with a shotgun and 
pretty much up until right before about the last 20 minutes of the movie, you really aren't sure if he's just cracking up or if there's something actually out there. Mm. The ending is fucking phenomenal. Okay. Just, the, just how just how it ends because it's like you have this you have this sweet and tender moment and then shit goes sideways. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and it's got a really great soundtrack to it also. So I saw this movie too earlier in the year and it it's not my favorite. I think that there's there's too many flashback scenes where it almost becomes too much of a romance in the middle. Mm. But you were right that that dinner party scene at the end is very good. And the reveal of what has been attacking his house is really cool. I didn't expect it to look like that. I was very surprised. So yeah. I totally get why you would like it. Very cool. All right. So my honorable mentions are both movies that I just thought were really fun. I think they were on a couple lists, but they just didn't quite make the cut. First one is the Mortuary Collection. Did everybody see this yet? Or yes. yes. Yeah, that was good. Yes. It's, yeah. I mean, anthologies are hit and miss. And so I had pretty low expectations going to this. It, it's from, it's like a Shutter original. And the poster makes it look really terrible. <laughs> so I really didn't. But I, I had seen that it was like getting decent buzz. And I was like, well, fuck it. It's an anthology. Your investment with anthology is can be extremely small right like if it doesn't Mm -hmm. if those first little bits don't grab you you're good you dip it's fine so i figured i throw it on and give it a chance and you know what this thing is pretty much a blast from start to finish all the segments are really enjoyable especially the one about the frat member who's maybe a little uh shady with his condom use or not Uh (laughs) um and uh justice is served. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I and this movie has the distinction of having like a birth scene that I really liked. <laughs> As we all know, I, I did not like why. a birth scene. So I enjoyed this one. I didn't even know that was possible, but this movie proved that yes, there is one even for me. And then of course, Clancy Brown, you know, he stars in the in the wraparound. He's an actor that I just love and he is having the best time ever eating all of the scenery. I definitely recommend checking it out, even though the poster looks lame. Um, I added bonuses. It's shot in Astoria, Oregon, which I is a place that I love in a mansion that I have seen with my own eyeballs, which is always really fun. So that was, that was just kind of a fun surprise when I watched it. So if you have not seen the Mortuary Collection, do yourself a total solid and check it out on Shudder. I love the story within the wraparound story. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. I I remember I recommended this to, to you, Arrow, and I was a little worried about one of the stories, but you ended up liking them all pretty much, right? Yeah. So it didn't make my top 10 mostly because of that one piece. Mm, Okay. Um, Okay. And then I just had so many movies that that yeah. was like an easy reason to yeah. pick it off. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but but I really, really liked it. I mean, you're right. Anthologies are hard to do, and it feels like people get them wrong more often than not these days. But this one is great because the wraparound story is really fun, and each of the stories is really great, even the one that I don't like as much 
once you get to the part where he's trying to hide a body yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's very yeah. good yeah i mean that elevator scene yeah is good yeah that's, <laughs> that'll stick with you it's a good one yeah <laughs> and the ending of it with the wraparound story is really fun yeah so much fun i feel so like it, it sets totally up a sequel it. and i'm like yes i will take a second collection yeah hell yeah 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 uh yeah it's so gory too it's surprisingly gory Mm-hmm. Oh my god, when the water breaks. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So my other one is an, another one that I think was on a couple of lists but didn't quite make the cut, which was is a uh, 12-hour shift. Oh, I'm so yes. glad you picked this one. So this one is the mo- movie that made me a total Bria Grant stand because even though she doesn't star in it, she does direct it. She's the love interest in um the one that you just talked about uh uh, after midnight after midnight thank you um okay so i'm i'm super bummed this didn't make the official list it it, it was like seriously like it was like right under the cutoff it was so freaking close um, it was my number 10 yeah yes it's so good okay so this one stars the always amazing angela bettis who is you know made a career on playing these very kooky characters but in this case she plays a very surprisingly understated role and i think as much as I love her kooky characters, I am so obsessed with her, like, salt of the earth, like, over it nurse. <laughs> yes. So, so good. It's, it's set in the 90s, and it's about, like I said, Angela Bettis is a nurse who is supporting a drug habit by trafficking organs out of the hospital with the help of, you know, there's uh, another nurse who sort of runs it who is amazing in this. Yes. Karen, I love her. Oh, my God. I love Karen so much i love her and then uh you know she's doing it with her like not so helpful like very dumb but entertaining niece <laughs> and uh, or cousin, cousin i guess and cousin. one night everything that could go wrong goes wrong and it's just like there's a serial killer on the loose in the hospital and there's a dumb cop on the loose in the hospital and there's and a there's... bunch of like you know dr- organ trafficking toughs in the hospital and and this nurse just trying to keep it all together and it i don't know man it is really really great it's just full it's a super black comedy i i I cannot recommend this movie highly enough i didn't know in the opening scene what i was i had a moment of concern i was like what the fuck is this but once you get into it you will you know, never never trust skinny bitches yes 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 like i yes. mean just the, on that opening performance of that character who goes away until the very final scene you know i was like oh uh, uh, uh. yeah, but then once you like, just like crazy. let it take you where it, you it wants to take you you are going to have a good time it's set in the 90s and it also feels like it came out of the 90s in the best way i i talked about yeah this when like we... those weird independent films that, that... yes Used to go straight to video yes. and always had like up and coming actors in them. Yes. The one that you would find after that actor had or had made it big and then they're like, oh, let's release this weird indie that they did. And you would yeah. find it like just based on the, the cover art alone in, you know, at your local video store. <laughs> like that is what this movie is like. It's got like lots of urban legend stuff in it. Um, it's just fucking good, dude. It's good. And Angela Bettis is, I mean, she's always great, but I think this is the best she's ever been. David mm-hmm. Arquette shows up in it and confuses me by being sexually attractive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really upsetting. It was so funny because Ariel had the same journey and she was like, 
is it wrong that I'm feeling these feelings? And I was like, no, dude, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Mick, for wrestling fans, Mick Foley shows up in it for a minute. Um, Yeah. And he's, uh... you know, he's not a great actor, but he's Mick Foley. So fuck it. Who cares? Like, I just love him. Um, Then you have, then you have the guy who keeps coming in. He's, he's feeling dizzy. Oh my God. He's so great. <laughs> when he's at the end just like carrying bags of organs. Yeah. It's so funny. It's like um, And just like the tough with the long rat yeah. tail. Yeah. So good. And then of course we have to talk about the cousin who I described as like dark Chrissy from Three's Company. Oh my god, so she's just such a fucking nut. I I know her. I love her character so much. She's so much fun. This movie is really, really good. It's just yeah, it's just so entertaining, and she's so goofy and does so many dumb things, you know, like the panties. Out. Yeah, the panties. I know, <laughs> cutting out a bladder instead of a kidney, and then wrapping them in her used panties, <laughs> <laughs> carrying them around with her. This is the epitome of a hidden gem. So dig it up, oh, find you it. it. You need to see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's all great. right. Cool, cool, cool. I'm so glad you guys saw it and liked it too. Matilda, you should definitely check this out. I will I think definitely check this one like, out. Really quickly, because we are running pretty long here, I wanted to know if you guys had a standout horror movie moment of the year. It could be a movie, book, TV, game, whatever. Like a moment that just like really like mm, was the best horror movie moment of the year for you. So I would say most of my best horror movie moments made it on the list. I think I only had one movie that didn't make it onto our top 10. I really loved all those films and they were definitely the standout for me. But for TV, the movie, uh, sorry, the mini series on Netflix, Dracula really stood out a lot Mm. to me. It came out earlier this year and it's a really different take on Dracula and a nun as Van Helsing Mm -hmm. and you get to see sort of what happens to Jonathan Harker and his experience each there's three episodes and each one almost is its own movie that has a different sort of style to it one is like a murder mystery almost those first two episodes are rock solid they really are the third one's a little weaker but they're all really good and those first two especially the first episode mm-hmm. whew, so good although so i love the stuff on the boat the boat was oh me too good. yeah it was that's what i'm saying i really liked all of it i think it's all worth watching um but man that first episode mm. yeah really sucked me in how about you matilda um for me it's definitely the episode that focuses on ruby of lovecraft country i think it's like four or five Oh, that's oh, a great one. Yeah, yes. that one is amazing. I think that particular episode is probably a highlight for me of the whole year. Nice. Yeah, that show yeah. in general is just so good where every episode is almost its own movie. And that episode about Ruby, there's so much about identity yeah. and the way that they're talking about racism is different in that episode than how it's been viewed before from her perspective. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. And great body horror. Great body horror, yeah. great revenge stuff. Just like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so good. Oh. Rachel, did you finish that series yet, or have you no, gone back? Uh-huh. I need to still. I need oh. to. Yeah. How about you, Sarah? Did yeah. you have a standout horror movement, movement, um, movie, well, or moment, Love, or whatever? Lovecraft Country. That was that was really freaking phenomenal. I even forgot that Castle Rock existed because I was so like wrapped yeah. in Lovecraft Country. Wow. Yeah. But I really enjoyed the Creepshow Holiday Specials, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Halloween and the Christmas yeah, those Special. Those were those were a lot of fun. 
Mm-hmm. I still need to watch those. I gotta put that on my list. Oh, girl. They're great. Out, girl. Just, they're just fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were like good fun at, at, in a year we needed that. They were like pitched really well. At least for what I wanted to watch. So I may not have finished Lovecraft Country, but I do actually have a Lovecraft thing for my favorite mo- horror movie moment. Or not horror moment of the movie. Let me try that a third time. I do have a uh, Lovecraft sort of thing for my favorite horror moment of the year that was not in these top 10 movies. And that is the podcast Lovecraft Investigation. Oh, my God. Yes. Why didn't I think of that? Oh, they're so good. Have you have you listened to them, Sarah? Not yet. Oh, Oh, get ready. So much fun. So there are three seasons. It is essential that you start with the very first season or you will be very confused as Ariel. Yep, you sure will. So you yes. have to start with the case, uh, the case of Dexter Ward. And the sort of conceit of the podcast is that it is if a true crime podcast sort of in the vein of a serial type of thing stumbled upon a Lovecraft investigation. <laughs> okay. There's this story about a man who was in a room who disappeared and they don't know how it happened he was like in an insane asylum it was locked from the outside so there's no way that he could have gotten out and he just disappeared and that's charles dexter ward and what they end up doing is going down the rabbit hole of just eldritch horrors it starts off a little slow you should absolutely stick with it though because by episode four or five you're like holy fuck and by the end you will be shooketh it's one of the best adaptations of lovecraft in my opinion yeah 100 percent. yes and then the second season's even better than the first season like yeah, it's so good it, it does this really great thing of modernizing uh lovecraft stories and blending it with real life stuff so there are like different events that are documented how to have have having had occurred that are incorporated into the second season there are lots of real life mysteries that are linked uh in really interesting ways into lovecraft mythology and the thing that i typically struggle with with these sort of narrative podcasts is they the acting is not the best the stories can be really compelling and some of the sound effects might be really cool and you can kind of suspend disbelief a little bit to just have fun with with the story but it never feels real because the acting isn't great but this is a bbc production and the acting is so good like it sounds like a real ass podcast with real people and particularly the woman because it's a man and a woman um kennedy she is so good in this every time she screams i scream (laughs) (laughs) she scared that it like it is truly creepy and gets under your skin and the way that it uses sound design is very impressive so if you especially if you are a fan of video palace and love yeah. a good like spooky story uh podcast mm, the or lovecraft investigations is chef's kiss you want to you want to listen to that I, I and everybody i can get to listen to it loves it but it's like getting people to give it a shot is the hard part once you get into it like you, you'll get obsessed i promise i promise yeah it is really really good it's so entertaining and for me it's kind of perfect because it it joins two of my great loves which is mysteries Mm -hmm. and lovecraft Mm -hmm. into one awesome Mm -hmm. thing so i really appreciate that and like you said the acting is good also the sound design is really great there are scenes where you're hearing the the characters aren't hearing (laughs) um 
that are chilling. There are some, like, children's laughter. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, there's part where she's down in a tunnel in season two, and there are sounds that creep you out. Yep. It's very, very good. I would definitely agree that everybody should give this one a chance. Supposedly, the third season's the final season, but it ends, like, in a way that makes me think it can't be. Because it sets up another mystery. Hmm. Yeah, I just started season three, so okay. I haven't gotten to that yet. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But yes, definitely check out Lovecraft Investigations on all of your, however you get your podcasts. Listen to our podcast first, uh, and then make that your second priority. <laughs> 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 all right. So overall thoughts on uh, the year in horror. I thought it was a shockingly solid one. Uh, because I watched all kinds of shit that I never would have got to and found a whole world of very cool indie horror movies that makes me think that I'm going to approach the way that I prioritize my horror movie watching different in the future. How about you guys? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. At the beginning mm-hmm. of the year when stuff started getting taken off our list, like you have a whole document of things that we know are coming out this year. And when you had to start moving things because they all were getting yeah. pushed to 2021, I was like, oh, this year is going to be brutal. But then so many movies came out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw countless films that I probably wouldn't have seen before and found so many good movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were some things, like I said at the beginning, that I wish I could have seen in a theater with other people, like Invisible Man being definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But overall, I think that the year was so good and so strong in horror in terms of what we were still able to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how like the delay is going to go with next year, but we'll see. I mean, I'm looking at the slate for next year and. There's some heavy hitters. There are some heavy yeah. hitters coming up. Yeah. I'm just, I'm really looking forward to Antlers. That's the one that I really want to see. Like, I'm excited about Candyman. I want, I, I want to see Halloween Kills, but Antlers just looks like it's going to be yeah. awesome. Yeah. And we've been hearing about that one for so long, too. That's I'm a great segue, Sarah. What are movies are you guys most anticipating next year? Antlers and Anonymous mm. Animals. Oh, I don't even okay. think I've heard of that one. How about you, Matilda? What are you most looking forward to next year? It's always a hard question because I really rely on you all <laughs> to kind of recommend things to me. And I am not, I have not been led astray. Um, but looking at what's coming out next year, some of the ones that are directed by women look really fascinating, yeah. like the um, the stylist. Yes. Starring yeah, Bria Grant. really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously Candyman. Yeah. We can see that. And then uh, one called Bingo, which looks like maybe, which is about some elders trying to save a bingo hall from gentrification, which looks like. Yeah, that's on yes. my list. Maybe too. a combination yeah. of like horror and elect- break in two. So we'll yes, see. that's true. And it's directed <laughs> by the same woman who did uh, Culture Shock on In mm-hmm. From Into the Dark. Oh. Ooh, that'll be good. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. How about you, yeah, Ariel? What are you looking forward to most? Well, I'm definitely looking forward to Candyman and Halloween Kills. I know we were all looking forward to them Mm -hmm. last year as well. Antlers is on my list, as is Bingo, because I love a movie about a group of older Mm -hmm. folks doing Mm -hmm. something cool. That sounds Mm -hmm. really great to me. Also, um, I'm really looking forward to the Fear Street trilogy coming out, because that looks just like a blast. And one that Rachel and I talked about. Yeah, that's got to look like dumb fun, and I'm about it. 
Is that the haunted yeah. jeans? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Next year is looking, like I said, it is just chock-a-block with heavy hitters. And I think the obvious ones we've covered are, you know, Halloween Kills, Candyman, Antlers are all, like, very high on that list. I'm also really looking forward to Willie's Wonderland, which is... That is oh, the yes. like, fri- Five Night at Freddy's knockoff yes. starring Nicolas Cage, where it's like he's the janitor going right. and like facing off with like evil animatronics at a Chuck E. Cheese style <laughs> <Right>. restaurant. <laughs> I'm really glass. looking forward to that one. I'm also really <laughs> looking forward to, and I don't know if it's technically horror, but it looks super creepy, which is The Green Knight, which is the A24. Um, yeah. Sir Wayne, oh, that's right. Yeah. The Green Knight story that looks really like it's going to be awesome to look at at the very least so yeah i don't know there is a ton there is a absolute mm-hmm. smorgasbord of awesome looking movies that we've got a new edgar rice or movie coming this year we've got um i mean just it's just there a ton of movies directed by women that i'm excited about like run sweetheart run saint maud is finally gonna fucking come out mm-hmm. that's right. gonna be incredible mm-hmm. it's really if, if this stuff doesn't all just get shoved down the road if we really get these movies in 2021 it is going to be apocalyptically good for horror fans our brains like you think making the list was hard in 2020 bitch it's only january and i've already got my top 10 list (laughs) it is gonna be a wild ride all right so that is it for our year in review, unless, of course, you are a patron and sticking around for the extended episode where we are going to be talking about the worst horror movies of 2020, which will be fun. Like, I mean, I don't like bashing people's movies, but, you know, it's behind a paywall. So does it really count? I mean, we're amongst <laughs> friends. We're like, you know, <laughs> so we can keep it real with each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed the show or if you there was a movie that we missed that we really need to make sure to prioritize in 2021, you need to hit us up. You can email us at Rachel at zombiegirls.com. You can hit us up over on the Facebook page while you're there enjoying all of Sarah's memes. And if you love the show, review us on iTunes. It'll make us feel very special. And uh, if you really like the show, we now have a Patreon. It is now live. You can head over to Patreon forward slash zombie girls and subscribe to all kinds of tiers that allow you to hang out with us more, to hear more of us rambling if that is your jam and all kinds of other cool stuff. So you should definitely check out our Patreon. And if you are looking for something to watch tonight, we haven't provided you with enough suggestions. Well, you can head over to the Zombie Girls website and check out our video on demand and streaming calendar where we keep track of all the horror movies and horror adjacent movies that are available for you to watch right now and to get excited about what is coming soon. Yeah, that is it for all of my new stuff. No ZGBG for this time or streaming pick because let's be honest, we've given you enough to work. <laughs> so unless you're sticking around for the extended episode matilda take us out all right thanks so much for tuning in and sticking with us for the um for the long episode with the best of a very bad year and um until next time thank you so much for listening all right bye everybody Bye. Bye. bye